It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Coming up on episode number 97 of the Night Talker, taking another break from the usual shenanigans for part six of seven of my conversation with the McKays. That would be Tom and Camilla. I am Trey Elling, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Courtesy Wave and do the same for ESPN Austin at 1027 ESPN. And now I welcome Tom and Camilla. I've already welcomed them into my home. How y'all doing tonight? Um, I'll speak for both of us. We're amazing. We're fantastic. Um, Tom is a working man. Camilla is a sleepy girl. I took two naps today. Um, and I couldn't be happier to be here. Oh, that's wonderful. Truly. How lucky for you to get to take two naps. A single nap is awesome because it's yeah. basically giving you double the energy for the day. So you have triple the energy now having taken two naps. Yeah, I did take two naps today. <laughs> and I'm, I'm running out of energy finally because I've had, let's see, three o'clock till 6.15. So I got three hours and 15 minutes of sleep in the last 48 hours. In 48 hours? Yep. What happened the previous night? Worked. Tom doesn't sleep. He goes, his office is on the top floor of our house, right? So he'll go up to the top and we won't hear from him. Like you, you hear from him when he's downstairs eating chips and salsa. And then you're like, ah, he's alive. Great. And then you hear him stomp back upstairs. And then he's up there in his office. Well, at least you're working the chips and salsa by walking up three flights of stairs, right? Yeah. True. Actually, last night it was four flights of stairs. So I had to run down to say goodnight to her and Fierro. True. Okay. She's on the first floor and this kitchen's on the second floor. At what point do you start feeling tired if you're getting three and a half hours of sleep over the course of two nights? Usually um, when I'm sitting there, like last night, I dozed off at the computer. And so I went, okay, I got to go to bed now. And that's kind of what, what happens. You know, it's just, I don't know. Just Six is the max. That's that, And I can't go over six because then I can't. I can barely I move because yeah, the, the ankylosing spondylitis will bones start fusing and things get stiff. And then I have to spend like on a Saturday morning, if I sleep until like say eight 30 or nine, then I have to spend 35 minutes just kind of breaking stuff loose and stretching out. So okay. We have a little back. like yoga flow together. I'll be like, okay, touch your toes. Yeah. Now say thank you to mother nature for the grass. See, and I, if I sleep over six hours, it could take 15 minutes before I can touch my toes. Cause I got to break yeah. my spine loose. Oh my goodness. Do you know, can you pronounce the affliction that he just mentioned? Ankylosing spondylitis. And remind people what that was. I know we talked about it several episodes ago now. It's a, it's a, uh, it's an over ridiculously really overactive red blood cell that, so immune system. Um, and basically what it does is trying to heal your body all the time. And so you don't have anything to heal, obviously. So it just starts like joints and moving organs, things like that, it'll just start locking them up. Do they think that's part of the reason why you are incapable of feeling no. physical pain? In fact, no? I asked that exact question about three years into treatment. They've been being treated for it now for 30, 30 years, I think. Right about 30 years, something mm-hmm. like that. And 27 years, sorry. No, because it, it was right before we got married. And 27 years, and it's going every 45 days. Every six weeks, 42 days um, for an infusion for two hours and they pump some juice into your bloodstream and it slows it down. Mm-hmm. That There's no cure for it. So you just, and that works well. I just have learned that I just don't need to sleep. If I sleep, I feel crummy. So I just stay awake all the time and I don't feel bad. If I get so tired, I fall asleep. That's great. I fall asleep. 
Was it just feeling crummy over the course of an extended period of time that led to you? No, I couldn't walk upstairs anymore when I finally went. I, I lived a pretty wildly rough life and did <laughs> kind of anything I wanted. And I was, as I've made clear in the past, I've drank a lot. Yeah. And so we would do really stupid things. Like we had competitions to see who could jump out of a car at the fastest speed. Oh my God. Oh my like God. That. Wait, I remember one time being at, um, grandpa and like chuckles in Patricia's house and, um, sun city. And my cousins did that. Like all the boys in our family, they took the golf cart out. And then Matthew yeah, came back cart. with like a broken arm and like blood everywhere. And they were like, what are you doing? And I said, we we're trying to see who could touch the curb at the fastest speed. It got to the point God, where I didn't so stupid, aren't we? <laughs> and Boy, I didn't realize it? back then that I didn't feel pain. I mean, it just, cause that just, my brain just quit feeling it at yeah. some point because I had so much. And so, like, one morning, I remember, I, I lived alone for a long, long time because nobody would ever want to live with me. Thank you, Ceci, for taking me. You're wonderful. It, it is interesting. You're <laughs> no, I said Ceci, not I know. you. I live there, too. I don't even She you. was talking you on just, behalf of her mom. She just gives me a rough time. Um, <laughs> but the, no, it's funny is I had, uh, I woke up one day in the in the bathtub and just laying there, and I thought, how the heck did I get into the bathtub? Cause I was so drunk the night before that I didn't remember where I went. And so I called some friends. I tried to stand up and I couldn't stand up and I thought, well, this is messed up. And so I called some friends. I said, you know, I crawled out of the tub, got my phone and called. this was before cell phone. So I had to go to the landline. So you had to crawl across the floor and I didn't feel any pain. You just can't walk. And it's just like, ah, I said, what's going on? What happened last night? And I said, and one of my buddies told me that one of the other guys is in the hospital because he, broke his skull open when he jumped out of the car. And he, he said that we were down and we were actually, this was in Austin too. It was funny as we were down by Santa, you know, where uh, I don't remember the name of that dorm. I was crashing in a dorm a lot of the time. Was it Ed's? No, at, at, at UT. Um, I didn't go to school there. I just crashed in the dorm because. Castilian, University Towers. Big, yeah, probably Castilian. Right there, right there at 24th and Guadalupe. The big white one yeah. with black windows. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was, I, we were, we were down in that area and we were having the competition and they, he said that I had jumped out of the car at 30 miles an hour and he said, but then they never found me again. And so apparently then I talked to some other folks and I had walked down to sixth street and went down there to go party on sixth street. And then somebody gave me a ride home. And then I guess when I was in the shower, it, finally hit that both my ankles were broken. Oh. And so I had been out on two broken ankles the whole night and didn't feel it. And so, yeah, it was interesting. So they had an ambulance come and take me to the hospital and get, you know, get fixed up and I'm out of there in like 12 hours. Cause He's you don't like, feel anything. You know, they say you can't leave until you can walk. And I'm like, well, I can walk on them right now, guys. It doesn't oh. matter. It's kind of the way it was, but you don't know when you're hurt. That's the biggest problem of not feeling pain. The adrenaline. Well, you just, even now, you know, like I, break stuff and I don't feel it. You right. just, you got to realize, Oh, well I can't walk. There's obviously something really wrong right now, but I started the treatments because I had broken so many stuff and had so many things with my knees and things that I used to get my knees drained like every six months just cause there'd be so much fluid in there. And so I went to the doctor, um, shout out to Ken Putney. Way to go. Doc Ken. Um, I went in to have him drain my knee and he came back and said, there's nothing wrong. He said, but I've got a specialist set up. You need to go over to this specialist at Seton and go see him right now. And Hematologist? Rheumatologist. Okay. And so I went and he showed, he showed me pictures of, they scoped my knee, and it was just one big red blob. 
So the red blood cells had fused the cartilage, the bone, the muscle, everything in your knee was fused into one. So I couldn't bend my knees anymore. So they started the treatments and it's worked well because I can do just about everything now that most people can. Some of them are still fused. So it likes the shoulders kind of overfused as I've shown you in the past that can't really throw really well or anything. I mean, it doesn't hurt, but just they're so fused together. Man, you, you know what you can do? Go zip lining in the forest of Costa Rica. Afraid of heights, and I can still zip line. And that's oh, all that's you great. need to do. That's all you need. That's, that's all it. your joints need to do, man. The kid made me zip line the first time ever. Nine or t- nine or ten years old, and we got to the top of this huge walk up through the jungle, and we're up on this platform, and I'm just sitting there on this little bench because I can't even stand up. I'm so petrified by this height. We're so high. We're above all the trees of the jungle. And they were talking about you know, who's going to go first. There was like 15 of us up there. And the kid goes, I'm going first. And so this guy takes her and she goes down the first zip line. And she gets down to the bottom. And I'm kind of watching her. I don't know exactly what to expect. And she turns around. So this is a little kid. And she turns around and she goes, come on, old man. Don't be a... Go ahead and bleep it. And so I had to go. Because the kid challenged me. See, as a child, I was even like, how can I get a man to feel so, <laughs> to feel like he has to do this, even though he's terrified? And I did. I got him to do it. One segment down. Three more segments to go. Coming up in segment two, we're going to see and hear what Camilla forced men to do on a vacation <laughs> to South Padre last weekend. I'm in with Camilla and Tom McKay. It is a casual Friday here on the Night Talker, part six of seven of our summertime conversation. It continues up next. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Back here on the Night Talker with Camilla and Tom McKay. It is another casual Friday and part six of seven of our summertime conversations Y7, you ask? Well, Camilla's going to be going back to school at Emerson in Boston here in a couple of weeks. So in the meantime, we get a couple more conversations. We heard about Tom's medical condition last segment, which led to a, uh, a very funny story about a young Camilla calling dad a giant pussy for not... <laughs> Zip lining in Costa Rica, despite the fact that he is afraid of heights, and it's understandable. You're afraid of heights being that high up, zip lining on a wire from one place to another. But he got called out by his then nine year old daughter, and he had to do it. And kudos to you, by the way, for getting him to overcome a fear through peer pressure and name calling. Yes, yes. Sometimes, sometimes that pressure does work. Um, especially with Tom, little hint for everyone out there. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell them. Okay. I already, my nickname already is bad enough. We don't need to go into any, any more name calling than that. What's your nickname? Short shit. <laughs> Who gave you that nickname? Doug Mond. Okay. Back years and years ago. And it stuck for so long. Yeah. So long. That's what they call me in high school too. How crazy. Did they? No. <laughs> no, I was just trying to join the conversation. No, no, no. So uh, you uh, you guys, or you specifically, Camilla, yes. uh, when we were in Colorado a couple weekends ago, were nice enough to uh, drop in on the dogs, which I really appreciated. Oh, Tom geez. came by one of those times <laughs> and uh, saw just how stupid one of the dogs is, from my understanding. The blonde dog. You'd, oh, 
Charlie. Yeah, they were amazing. They're I wonderful dogs. dogs though. You got good dogs. They're so well trained. One of them's good. The and they eat so spaz. fast. Yeah, Luke eats very fast. He I inhales his food. He's also yeah. a little bit food aggressive. I think something happened when he was a puppy before mm. we got him. Yeah. That is still sticking with him in adulthood now. But yeah. thank you for that. But no of your dogs, by the way, she's Luke. I'm the blonde one. What? Whenever we go to eat. Oh, I oh, see. This I'm kid so will inhale I'm a meal. So fast eater? Oh, oh my God. Lord. We, fast eater we literally sale. went and ate before this, and I was done, and my dad's like, um, okay, let me put my phone down and start eating. And I was like, you got to catch up. You got to catch up. Vivian, my daughter, is also a fast eater. Yeah. And sometimes she'll brag about beating me when we're eating dinner. I'm like, sweetheart, I get it. It's a bit of a competition. That is not a brag point for you. Yeah, you want to figure out a way it. not to beat me because I eat like a complete slob. Yes. I don't take breaths. But uh, yes. throughout the process of uh, of you taking care of the dogs, your dad had texted and said that y'all were going to Padre yeah. the next yeah. weekend. So I was like, cool, I maybe am helping you with a little bit of spending money for Padre. Absolutely. How was the Padre trip? It was so good. We, uh, we went to South Padre. We were walking distance from the beach. So we did some boogie boarding. We got good tans. I got a nice burn on my nose. You did get burned on the nose. Um... Man, I look crazy, but it's cool. It's cool. Um, yeah, uh, we bought matching shirts. So, oh, by the way, so guys, she's know. talking about her friend. I was not there. Oh my gosh, yeah, guys, I went to South Padre <laughs> not with my dad, even though we do have matching shirts already. But I went to South Padre with my best friend. Her name is Bella. She's the coolest person in the entire world. Um, but yeah, we went. It was a great time. It was just three days of like relaxing before we both go to school and you know get invested in hustle culture again. But how much can you not talk about from this trip? How much can I not talk about? Yeah. Um, I can talk about most of it. Okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I can talk. Yeah, we would. Let's see. We would wake up. We'd make some breakfast. Maybe some some eggs with some cheese. Bella's a little bit of a cook. We all staying at an um, Airbnb. We did. We stayed okay. in an Airbnb, Smart. and it was owned by this lady who does sandcastles, but like for a living. Like she's a professional sand Whoa. sculptor. And so then we went to this like sandcastle trail and we saw this like a bunch of cool, cool sand sculptures and they were just held together with sand and water, which is insane because they had been there for years at this like trail thing. How? Crazy. I don't know. They said that they- sent some pictures. They were huge. No, they're ginormous, like taller than the human body. And um, they're just, they're crazy. They're huge sand sculptures. But yeah, we did that. We played in the sand. We tried to have a sand ball fight um, and it didn't really work too well. There were also a lot of, we didn't have enough water, I think is the problem. What? Guys, I don't get why this is so funny for I laughed people. when she told me that. She actually told me that one part about the trip, and I said, kid, no, snowball fights we've done. Sandball fights will hurt your eyes. No, we said no face shots. We said, we, see, we understood that, but so we said no face shots. Still didn't work very well. Sandball fights, here's the problem with sandball fights. <laughs> They're either they either have enough water in them to where they turn into mud clod <laughs> fights, and those do actually hurt, or yeah, it is sand in a ball which dis- disperses as soon in as the it air. Hand. Yeah. yeah, we so we discovered that fun fact. Yeah, so fun <laughs> fact, Trey, I already knew that. No, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Um, but yeah, so I discovered that over the weekend. Um, we heard a lot of redneck country music um yeah. saw a lot of empty beer cans on the beach was it pretty crowded there that's the last weekend before school starts yeah it was crowded it was crowded so we got there on saturday and we didn't go out really saturday but on sunday it was packed like the roads the streets the shops monday not that packed at all okay. yeah everyone kind of went home on monday i think so we had a pretty good trip it was very chill we watched some movies just spent some quality time together 
before we go to separate schools. What movies? Uh, well, we watched a lot of Bob's Burgers because um, that's one of our favorite shows together. Show. We watched the Bob's Burgers movie, which my family has on vinyl. Is it good? <laughs> Amazing. Saw it three times when it came out in theaters, my friend. Um, and then we watched Eugene Merriman before. Huh? Eugene Merriman, Merman, Merriman. Gene? Yeah. Which Eugene. Role, which role is he? He is the oldest son. Oh. Gene. Yeah. Yeah. He's Gene. Um, it's an interesting conversation. Oh, I don't know who that is. Like, I've never, like, researched him, though. He's a, he's like an alt-comedian. Oh, actor, work. Okay. voiceover actor, obviously. Yeah. Um, but this, it was, it was strange circumstances. It was a documentary about his dying wife that was being shown at oh. South by Southwest. But it was a pretty crazy cast of characters in the studio that yeah. I was interviewing with. Like, Michael Showalter was one of the, uh, the actors in there. He's a comedic actor, I guess. I don't know if he still does stand up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting conversation, and one of the yeah. things that I was able to connect him with because I was watching Bob's Burgers at the time was yep. Bob's Burgers. Yeah, even though great that was show. Kind of a side note to the serious tone of things. Fantastic show. Well, it's just one of the best shows ever, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, we watched Bob's Burgers. Really resonate with all those characters. Um, and then we watched John Wick. I exposed my best friend to the action series that is Keanu Reeves. Um, and it was beautiful. It was a really great time. But yeah. Cool. Saw some sunsets. Saw some sunrises? Absolutely not. <laughs> we were in bed. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, well, right. Fun sun, fact. Well, the sunset in Padre is not why you're going to Padre, correct? Yeah, Padre that's true. Is facing but we east. saw sunsets regardless. Okay. Because every day the sun does set. It and does. that is a promise that Mother Nature keeps. And you could see the sunset over the bay. If Absolutely. You the, if you're facing the base. Yes. To get poetic with it, we could see the sunset from the porch, from the, from the patio. We could see the sunset over the bay. So y'all are facing West then. Yes. Okay. I would assume so. All right. Navigation. You ever been to Padre before Tom? Oh yeah. Do you okay. like the beach? Back, I do not like the beach. That's what I thought. But the, uh. You don't like toes in the sand? I just didn't. <laughs> you don't like sand the in your pants? The beach is connected to the ocean. The ocean is the home of sharks. Oh. So, and I don't believe so that you have, you have to break into other people's homes. And so I leave the sharks alone. Okay. The, um, and sand just crawls into places that I don't need it to be. So I would prefer a pool if, a, if water is involved. And I swam for a lot of years and pools are good. And you can have beer relays and stuff like that. So that works out good. Yeah. Um, Padre Island, though, yes, back in the high school and college days, every year. Padre was a wild scene back in the 1980s, right? Padre was the place where... Sorry, I'm cutting into her Padre story. Um, but Padre, Padre was, story's over. She can't tell any of the good details. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. She'll be 21 someday. The uh, <laughs> No, it was funny. The, the Padre was uh, where I experienced my... F- I didn't experience it firsthand because I was asleep, but my first hurricane, the year that the hurricane... Blew out Padre Island back in the very early 80s. Um, can't remember what the name of that one was, but we were playing quarters, and I was kind of the quarters king back then. And our rule with quarters was you couldn't leave the table until you passed out. And so <laughs> I would always win rule. because everybody else would pass out, and I was such a drunk already that I could just drink and drink and drink and drink and drink. So everybody passed out, and I thought, okay, I'll just go for a walk and enjoy myself. So I was walking down the beach, and then I couldn't find our hotel. Uh, so I was like, okay, I got to sleep someplace at some time. And there was one of those earth movers on the beach that they moved the sand around with. So I just broke into that and fell asleep in the earth mover. 
And I woke up the next morning and Padre Island was pretty much destroyed. And so I had slept right through a hurricane. So that was my first and only ever experience with a natural disaster. Was that the last time you slept for more than three hours consecutively? No, when I was a drunk, I used to sleep a lot. But now, because that's back before I had found CPAP machines too. CPAP machines, by the way, the greatest invention of mankind. So it sounds like there were two hurricanes that uh, blew through Padre that year. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. The other one and then Hurricane Tom. Well, I had fun. It was kind of gross on the outside of the hotel, but the hurricane cleaned all that stuff off. Because <laughs> we had a rule. Hurricanes will do that. We had a rule also that the quarters games that we used to play was you, if you had to throw up, you just had to go throw up and then join the game back because you couldn't leave the game until you passed out. So you had to pass out at the table. That does not sound like fun. No, sounds like a horrible time. That was what drunks do. I mean, I've made it clear that I've cleared that part of my life away, but (laughs) it's still, I mean, it's a past that you have to have and you can tell other people how stupid it was so maybe they don't do the same mistakes. You shouldn't shy away from it because there are some fun stories to go along with too. Like you just told a fun story, although it's a story involving you sleeping through a hurricane. That's a hilarious footnote. What a crazy, what a crazy thing to experience or not experience. And I, I, that actually might have been 19... I'm trying to remember if that was 1984 because I think it might have been when Van Halen Drop Dead Legs came out right before we left for that trip. And that's pretty much the only song we listened to on the drive down. We just kept replaying it and replaying it and replaying it because that was the greatest song ever at that time. That is a good memory. He is Tom McKay. She is Camilla McKay. They are joining me for a casual Friday on the Night Talker. Got a couple more segments. Not sure what we're going to talk about next. Oh, yeah, probably a review of the movie Barbie. We've all three seen it now, so we're going to talk about that coming up next. It's the Night Talker with Trey Ellings. It's the Night Talker with Trey Ellings. Back with a casual Friday here on the Night Talker. I am joined by Camilla and Tom McKay, as I have been joined by them five times up to this point. This is our sixth show together. There will be a seventh coming up next week, so stay tuned for that. Y'all had an opportunity to see Barbie after going and seeing the new Mission Impossible. Back to back, one The last time we spoke. That does seem like a lot of movie. That's like... Five hours in the theater, correct? Is that oh, not too it much? It was a very long time, um, but it was worth it. It was amazing. It was good. Okay. If we started at three in the afternoon, I could have done two more movies. When did y'all start? 7.30. Yeah, okay, 7.30. So you were done after midnight then, probably. Yeah. 1.45, something like that. Yep. Before we get to Barbie, because I have not seen Mission Impossible yet, mm-hmm. probably won't see it until it makes it to a streaming service. How was it? Mission Impossible? Yeah. Awesome. 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 And it totally gets you ready for next summer because you need it now. It's nonstop action. Oh, there's another one coming out next summer? Part this two was of this part one. one. This was Dead Reckoning part one. Did you like it? I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, Great concept. Yeah, the plot was easy to follow. The action was there. They didn't like repeat a bunch of the action scenes. Like Every fight scene was new, had something different to offer. Also was motivated by a different altercation because that's what I hate is when they just keep like they'll pause and then do a scene and then continue the same fight scene over again. Or yeah. that's what it seems like. But no, the movie kept me entertained, which I was kind of nervous. Cause I was like, I don't know if I can watch Tom Cruise for 
three hours and be bored. But I wasn't, so I liked it. We've talked about your musical theater acting in the past and just how good you are at that. I don't know how much you've done in front of the cameras for the silver screen. Would you want to act in an action thriller like that? Yeah, I do. Well, over the summer, I was doing some extra work. So I was in downtown Austin at different times doing like student films, like being an extra and stuff. I got to go to the Coconut Club at one point. It was pretty cool. It was a great scene. Um, But I've done camera stuff in terms of commercials or short films, student films. Um, I don't like it. I don't like doing film over theater. And I was talking to my best friend about this, and I think it's because in theater, even though I have to be on stage at a certain line, I choose to step on stage. Like, I'm going in, Mm. you know? And then these people are seeing me, and then I exit, and then I'm off. But for a camera, you have to wait till someone else says action. But what if I want to be in character before they say action, but then something happens? Like, it's just, it's a whole stop and start process that I think the spontaneity of theater is just such a better adrenaline rush and has me do my best work. I also like the fact that if there's a mistake in theater, it's live. If there's a mistake in a movie, they take and take and take and take and take until they get it right. And that seems like, eh, cop out, sorry. Yeah, film... Film is film is great. Film is awesome. Um, I would love to get more into it one day. Something like, I don't know. I don't know. But um, I would love to get into it someday. But for right now, theater just, it really gets my attention a lot faster. And it's way more, it's, yeah, it's just so much more energetic. And you have the audience feeding off of you. Like in a yeah. movie, in a movie, you're a film star, you're on set. And they're like, cut, action, cut. But there's no one applauding you after every take. You're like, oh, like, was that good? Or like, was that horrible? Am I going to win an award for this? Theater, you hear it right away. You'll hear if people think you're funny. You'll hear if people think you're good. So I've heard that about stand-up comedy also, where the the audience feedback is immediate. Mm -hmm. And then I've also heard this about making... TV shows or films, that there is a lot of standing around, that it's actually a pretty boring process. Filming? Yeah. I imagine that the uh, the, what you're speaking to about theater and the ability to make that decision for yourself, the audience reaction, and the finality of it all, when you're done, you're done. Exactly. To stand around picking at a uh, a table of food. Yeah. All works in the advantage of theater. This is true. Yeah. Tom, did you have to deal with any annoying people? In the theater. Oh, God, yeah. Mission Impossible, baby. Had to be 70 to 75-year-old lady. I won't. uh, She sat down. There was one chair next to me to the left. My wife to the right. Camilla, two over to the right. I thought I'm going to, oh, beautiful. I get to put my popcorn in a chair. Don't just put it on the floor, that kind of thing. Right before the movie is going to, the previews are going to start, this little lady comes walking in and sits down by herself in the chair. Let's set the scene right, though. Puts a pint of ice cream in the cup holder. Oh doesn't open it. I don't you, think for the duration of the movie. No, she actually opened it halfway into the movie, and it was liquid, and she poured it all over herself. She didn't cream. realize it, She and she spilled all over. I kind of laughed at that. But right, <laughs> as like the movie, right as the movie is about to start, the lights finally go full out, and... The Mission Impossible theme starts, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, here comes her phone. And I just, no way. This is, there is no chance that a 70-year-old lady that's about four foot tall has to pull out her phone right now. There's nothing that important in the world. And what comes up? Google comes up on her. I see it on her phone because all I can see is out of my left eye is this bright screen. And I said, ma'am, 
Put the phone away now. What the hell are you in a theater for if that's the first thing you're doing right when the movie starts? Literally. The nice thing was, she said, I'm sorry, and put it away, and okay. it never came back out. But I could not believe, I thought, why did you come to this movie if you're going to start Googling she, she stuff? She didn't even have her phone out for, like, the put your phone away commercial. She was fully watching She the watched the previews. She then watched she turned it, it on. She so, yes. watched the Silence Your Phone commercial. So exactly what we talk about, the annoying, annoying people in the world. I'm going to give her that even though she turned it off because there was no reason for her to turn it off. Honestly, I could take her. She looked like she was in my weight class. <laughs> Look, a lot of po- times people lean into their stupidity and double down on it and will get mad at you <laughs> yes. for you trying to call out the fact that they are being completely discourteous to everybody else. So I will give her credit for putting the damn phone away and not <laughs> pulling it back out. But she also did get her comeuppance. By spilling ice cream all or the melted ice cream. And what was really salt. funny is like she didn't even realize that she ate, tried to eat the ice cream because this lady was so quiet from that moment on. And it was the funniest thing because she spills that ice cream. It, she opens it up and it spills all over herself on her front. And I'm just kind of glad I, oh, I saw man. her pick it up because it's right next to me. And then it spills and I'm sitting here watching and she didn't say one word or try to clean it up. She just sat there and stared at the screen and left it all over herself. And I thought, thank you, ma'am. That's very polite of you. Well, she was probably going to let her cats lick it up <laughs> later on. <laughs> probably she so. never had a spoon. I don't, yes, I don't. There she was not no have a spoon. spoon in sight. I just thought about that. Maybe she was what just going to. Was she going to eat it with? Sorry. What was she going to eat it with, though? Sorry. Did you expect to drink it the whole time? They don't spill it on your front. Idiot. Just kidding. She's probably okay. a nice lady. Barbie movie. She's That's enough. Movie. We She's can't give away Mission Impossible because you haven't seen it. So we're not going to talk about Mission She's Impossible. She's kind of an idiot. All we right. told you it's a great movie. <laughs> Go see it. What did you think of Barbie, Tom? I actually liked Barbie. Fun movie. Okay. Unfortunately, people built it up way too much. It's not as great. Yeah. That's and it, a problem. It with certainly certainly wasn't agree. in any way, okay. shape, or form bothersome to me. I don't know what everybody was talking about. It was toys. Who cares? That's evidence that people on the right can be as soft as people on the left, by the it way. It was just, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, because I'm as far right as anybody can be. I'm sorry. That's not offensive. It's just not. It's, no. It was nothing about it was. It's a satire. It, it was, Satire's it was goofy as heck. And it was, parts were fun. The musical parts were actually pretty good. Um, the dancing was hilarious, in my opinion. When the guys were dancing, I thought that was a riot. Out of all the great aspects of that movie, the choreography may have been the best part. Yeah. The one part, and I'm going to say this, and if you haven't seen the movie yet, you're sorry, I'm going to spoil one line for you. But in the middle of the movie, the construction guys are giving them grief, Ken and Barbie, in the real world. And Barbie, to get them back, says, you guys are wasting your time. We don't have genitals. And then, and then how does the movie end? Tom? The movie ends with Barbie going to a gynecologist. Okay, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Why Why would they end the movie with, yes, I'm here to see my guy. That's the last line. I'm here to see my gynecologist. Lady, you have a plastic smooth crotch. Why are you going to a gynecologist? So you told me this gripe a couple of days ago, and it's a valid point. And I've actually thought probably way too much about it <laughs> I was since say, then. How long you been thinking about this? <laughs> because I laughed at that part in the end. But the more I've thought about it, even though you are right, it is kind of a stupid line. It's also a layered line, too, because she probably doesn't know any better. She has been told that women in the real world go to gynecologists just as part of being a woman. So she, being Barbie, not knowing any better, goes to the gyno. I kind of wish they'd shown Okay, well, then the she gyno. knows that the women in the real world have sex. She already knows she can't. She told the guy she can't. I was going to say. She knows she can't go to wait, a gynecologist. Wait, 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 wait. 
half the movie is about talking about how being a mom is like a superpower, but it's not like your only identity trait. What if Barbie wanted to start a family and she knew that the only way to do that I think you guys are thinking this movie is a lot smarter than it was. A Sorry, it wasn't that smart a movie. It was a fun movie. No, I think it was. Uh, I, I think, think it was a smart movie. It was a I smart movie. A smart. You're not reading enough into it then. Because it was okay. definitely... You're no, right, you're right I'm not. No, look up, look up interviews with the director and stuff. It was made to be a smart movie. It was made to be like... Okay, well, it ended stupid. Okay. So um, if the last line is the stupidest line in the movie, I have a problem with that. Make it a smart last line. But, o- but overall, you thought it was uh, a fun movie. Oh, it's fun. I, 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 w- a- I will tell you this. I wish I had watched it on the big screen at home instead of the big screen at the theater because I feel like I wasted that big screen theater thing. And I, unfortunately, that for me is a lot more action stuff and things like right. that. And that movie could easily be watched on a you know, 100, 120 inch screen at my house or an even 85 inch screen at my house, something like that. <laughs> but it was it was like freaking humble brags over here. <laughs> why? Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here watching a 300 inch, you know, no, 350 inch screen. And I'm thinking. Okay, Barbie, you're not giving me any reason to watch this on this big screen. The audio wasn't that special. I mean, it was good. The music yeah. was good, but there wasn't. I mean, big screens are explosions and action and stuff. I don't. I don't like watching comedies or stuff like that on the big screen. I thought that was going to be better than it was in that sense. That's all I'm going to say. The bar, the set, the Barbie Land set design was interesting, but you're probably right about that. There wasn't any one thing that necessitated a big screen other than Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Yeah, this is true. Those two can always be on the big screen. Yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah. He's not as good as Brad Pitt, but he's good. Yeah, he's not as good as Brad Pitt. She's as good as anyone. Brad Pitt? Margot Robbie is as good as oh, any woman. Oh, yes, yeah. Ryan Gosling's not as good as Brad Pitt, but he's good. Going to continue the Barbie review on the other side. Going to hear a little bit more about what Camilla thinks about it. And got a couple of gifts for my friends to uh, to pass out before the end of the show. This is the Night Talker Casual Friday with Tom and Camilla McKay here on 1027 ESPN. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Final segment here on the Night Talker. It is a casual Friday with Camilla and Tom McKay. I kind of wish I'd kept recording during our faux commercial break, but we will finish this final segment by continuing our Barbie review. Just heard what Tom had to say about it. Thought it was a fun movie. Didn't necessarily need the big screen treatment in terms of him going to see it on a big screen, but he still enjoyed it enough. Had a couple of gripes, but I think we uh, all had a couple of gripes. All of us in this room had a couple of gripes about that film. Talked about it a couple weeks ago, Camilla. Mm -hmm. I thought that uh, there were a couple of parts that were just pointless. I thought they extended the guy's song near the end of the movie entirely too long. They turned it into another song, and it just dragged on for a little bit too long. And there was a part in the Mattel headquarters where Barbie is escaping and they were running through the cubicles. Oh my gosh. I, yeah. Cause we went, I went and saw it when I saw it with my parents, it was the second time I saw it and it was after our conversation. Yeah. So I remember watching that again and being like, man, me and Trey were so right. Like this yeah. is so stupid. What is happening? And it felt just as stupid the second time watching it. Exactly. So on like, second, uh, second viewing, yeah. was there anything that stood out to you or uh, have your thoughts evolved on the film itself? Um, the very end stood out to me 10 times more than it did the first time. I don't know if I just wasn't listening that well the first time, but when, um, honestly, I feel like the movie could have ended, not ended, but it could have kind of resolved a lot faster after 
the ending scene with Margot Robbie as Barbie and then Ruth, the creator of Barbie, having that conversation. Because if we're talking about a good last line, that was the good last line to have was that conversation. Because that's when Barbie realizes, oh, so just being human means that I have like innate rights and freedoms. And Ruth's like, yeah, that's what that means. She's like, so I don't have to like prove myself as as a woman or anything. I can just be a human and that's like valid. And Ruth says, yeah. And that's what the message of the movie was. But then you have her go into the real world and then you try to make like this lightheartedness of it. And that just takes you right back out of the sentiment that you put us in. I probably would have felt much different about the movie had they not had the one line at the end. Just don't even have that last scene. And I'll tell you where they could have filled it if they needed to would have been in the montage little part when the women are taking back their power from the men in the Barbie world. Oh my gosh. Because yes. that was hilarious. That's so funny. And they just made it all like a montage instead. And each one was like five seconds. And I'm like, come on, show these because guys being weenies. Exactly. Cause they could have made the dudes so pathetic and they should have been because they were. And it would have been so much fun and to it, watch the women actually succeed there. Instead, they just montaged it like it was automatic. The end no. did feel a little bit rushed, didn't it? Yeah, it Completely. felt like, a, oh, here's the end. Boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> huh. yeah, but no, I agree. That instead of being a montage, that could have shown all the ways that like women can obviously manipulate men into doing stuff. And then all the men watching the movie would be like, hey, why do they do that? And then they'd realize, hey, let's stop viewing women this way and then they won't act that way, you know, in order to, like, get places because that's all we've I mean, made the Because the whole movie, they're to trying to, the, in the Barbie world, they're showing you how how the men are total dolts, which, sorry, yeah, we are. I'm not going to even say Men are not. what? Dolts. Men are what? Pigs, I know. Well, it's a, it's a uh, 2000 sitcom trope, too, though. Like, guys can be bright as well. Some guys are. In the they, real world, they they were supposed to be. In the Barbie world, they're not supposed to be. Right. Well, when they became that, it could have been so much fun to steal that back. And instead they like, oh, we, we're just going to steal it back. And they did it so just all over the place. It was like, why? Come on, show us how you're doing it. Have some fun with it. They just pushed that stuff aside. Kind of like after the talk with Ruth, why did you go on? Just end the movie right there. Yeah. That would have been would have been a great ending because that Leah per- Perlman role, mm. God, she was awesome. Yeah, she was. I agree with that. It's the little old lady. Ruth. Yeah. Her name's Leah. Leah Perlman. She was Leah from Perlman. she was from Cheers. Yeah. She was the waitress in Cheers. Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She was the oh, producer man, of so Cheers young. too for so many years. Was she really? Yeah, she was the executive producer of Cheers for like the last four seasons. Tom, you know this. Do you know who she's married to? No. Danny DeVito. Yep. She's married to Danny DeVito. Oh my gosh. What a cute little couple, huh? I was about to say, I'm imagining them two just like walking in a room and me just giggling. I thought you were going to say, I'm imagining them having sex, which is no, disgusting. No, Well, you brought that up now. <laughs> Everyone, close your eyes. Just disgusting kidding. Thought, <laughs> just kidding. By me. Disgusting. Thought. I don't know. I'm trying to picture it. I'm not. So, on a scale, a scale of one to 10, Mission Impossible and Barbie, what are you giving each of those? Camilla, we're going to start with you with Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, um, um, eight out of 10, great movie. Didn't like blow me, blow me away, but great movie. Would watch again okay. in the big screen. Um, Barbie, I would say seven out of 10. Message is great. I think it gets a good conversation started. I love the visuals. I love uh, the cast and the songs, even though some one of them is too long. Um, so I give it a seven out of 10, a solid movie, a good conversation starter. Tom, Mission Impossible and Barbie. Mission Impossible. One to 10. Mission Impossible, I'd go, I'd go right with her there on an eight for different reason. Um, I, I wish they would have just, quite frankly, I wish they would have just made it a five-hour movie and given us both parts now because part two's already made. They've already got the previews for it out. Oh. Just 
give us the part two because now I got to wait a year to see part two and I'm dying for it already. It's that it, it was that good, but that kind of made me mad. Barbie six five six in there and wow. and that's prime that's average average movie. It was an average movie. I think it was because it was so overhyped. I, I, I really agree. think I would give it a higher. But I mean, score no, that's an average. I, never so I mean, if, if I'm going to say where I would rank it, like why or what or what kind of things fit in there, you know, average movies. Um, I would put it right behind Bob's Burger movie that she likes so much. I thought that was hilarious. That was awesome. You actually laughed out loud a couple of times. Barbie, you never really laugh out loud. It's trying to be funny. Oh, I disagree with that. I laughed, I laughed, I laughed out, out loud. I'll talk about myself. Okay. And all right, all right. if I'm going to go with, you know, what it takes to be a 10, John Wick 1, that's a 10. Ugh. Oppenheimer. Uh, Oppenheimer. Really <gasps> things to say about. 9 or 10. Yeah, I would say. I would Almost say a perfect movie. Shawshank Redemption, eight, perfect nine. movie. Okay. There's a few perfect... Usual suspects. Perfect movie. Yeah. First time you see it. Second time yeah. you see it, you go, I'm going to catch the stuff I missed. Because unfortunately, you're done. Seven with Brad Pitt and... The, and the, Morgan Freeman. And, Ke- yeah, and Kevin Spacey. Morgan Freeman, and that, Kevin Spacey. That's a 10. Great Children movie. Men, 10. Sorry. No. What? Not Whoa, mine. you just got ruined. Not mine. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? Didn't even like it. Wait, which movie? Children My of Men. My God, man. Children didn't of like it. I Y'all are two don't different quite souls. understand that one, but okay. Hey, you know what? That's the great thing about opinions. <laughs> Children of Men. Them. Children of Men, I honestly put it on the writers. I didn't think the, the, the dialogues were near up to what it should have been. Talking about the movie with Clive Owen, yeah. Michael Caine, mm-hmm. Julianne Moore. And I like Clive Owen. <laughs> he does not agree with you. Trey does not agree. So heartbroken. Because <laughs> I, I value his opinion so much. For no, it's just to tell part- me that one of my all-time favorite movies isn't that good. It breaks my heart. He's like a little the bit. writing's awful. The I didn't say the writing's awful. I said the dialogue wasn't what it should have been, in my opinion. Mm. It seems to me like they could have had so much better dialogue. When you have such huge stars, you have to have the the dialogue and the writing has to be as big as them. Mm. And it didn't didn't hit it. You know, like Usual Suspects. The, I mean, everybody knows lines from that movie. Yeah, nobody knows lines from Children of Men. Barely. You know what? That's a great point. And I mean, that's. That I mean, Shawshank Redemption. Everybody single, knows the that lines. That single shot scene at the John end. John Wick, the greatest line still to me in a movie, other than from the last line in Harley Davidson, Marble Man, man which is the greatest movie for guys' movies ever made. By what the way, movie? Harley Davidson, the Marble Man. Never heard of that. Funniest, movie. best guy flick ever done. It's got every single thing that a guy flick's supposed to have. It's about Harley Davidson, Marble. It's, it's Mickey Rourke and Don Johnson, and it's just a funniest. Oh. It's a guy flick all the way about fighting and all this stuff. But the last line, greatest movie, last line, Harley's pulling out on his Harley from the rodeo, and it's all dusty road, and the dust comes up, and he looks over to his left, and there's a girl. They just scan up from the back, and she's hitchhiking on the road. They're the only two people on the road. And Mickey Rourke says, where are you going? And she goes, nowhere special. And he says, I can take you there. Mm. That's the greatest ending line to a movie, in my opinion, ever, because he's never been anywhere special. He just goes places. That's what the whole movie's about. He's always just gone. And it's so good. What's the John Wick line? John Wick line is when he says, he goes, oh, you think he's the boogeyman? And he says, no, he's the one you call when you want to kill the boogeyman. Mm. Great. That's a great line. All right. We have. Bye-bye, Yega. Bye-bye, Yega. We have two more minutes now, so I want to give you all some gifts. I actually ordered your gift, Tom. 
between our first and second recording, but it literally took until last week for them to find finally get it here. I, I probably thank you to, to the to the mail services of America. You're a big uh, oh, look record at that, the player. Stop. This is this is one of my all time favorite albums. I don't I have to this get one you yet. on record. That's Toadie's awesome. LP, Rubber-ish. guys. And this is a uh, album that you can't put the record on in your car. But if you put the album on in your car, it gets you driving 15 miles per hour faster than you would be otherwise. Which is so 135. Proposition for you. Yeah. And then I got you a couple books, Camilla. Thank you. Top one is my all-time favorite. I hope you haven't read it just yet. Brave New World. I have not. It is my number one all-time. And then uh, you were talking about Stoicism yes. a couple weeks ago. This is uh, the Stoics Handbook, according yes. to many. Uh, this is saved in my, like, to be read. Cool. I haven't well, bought it yet. So now you get amazing. Now you get to read it. I actually bought a copy of Meditations also, because yeah. I consider myself at least a little bit of a Stoic. So uh, you and I can maybe read Yes. Or find a passage that sticks out and talk about it next week and get his thoughts and on it. How things. special is that? I this is the that. first time that we didn't go to Barnes and Noble before we came here. I know. I, it it, it actually worked it out really perfect. well. So was, perfect. Dude, I was so pissed because I ordered that and I ordered it on like two, like two or three day delivery. So I paid a little bit of extra. <laughs> three weeks later, I still didn't have them. I'm like, hey, did you guys lose my order? They're like, no, we had to get it sent from here to here to here. They're like, do you, do you want to cancel? They were almost encouraging me for to cancel. I'm like, no. I still want this record because I want to give it to my friend. Yeah. So I will just wait patiently. And so here we are. <laughs> and just like, so fine. anybody else that listens to vinyl, he did this so right because this is the 25th anniversary edition of the album and it's on the new 180 gram vinyl and it sounds, 180 gram vinyl sounds so good. So is that if, right? If you go buy records, look for the 180 gram vinyl. So that's Toadie's Rubberneck. That's the album that I gave him. Brave New World from Aldous Huxley and then Marcus Aurelius Meditations, which is... Uh, one of the all-time great Stoic books, according to those who study Stoicism. Stoicism. Y'all, thank you as always. It's been another thank you. fun hour. What a pleasurable night. Ended the day way better than it started. Thank you. I'm happy to hear that. For Tom and Camilla McKay, I am Trey Elling. Thank you so much for listening to the Night Talker this evening. Have yourselves a great night, a great rest of the weekend. Talk to you on Monday at 10. In the meantime, sweet dreams. Bitches. It's the Night Talker with Trey Ellings.